Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Before Jesus ever preached his first sermon, before he performed his first miracle, before he went to the cross, Jesus went to John the, Baptist, John the Baptist at the Jordan River to be baptized. Last week, we talked about why Easter happened. This week, we're going to back up to the beginning of Jesus' public life, and it all starts with his baptism. And we see that in this passage here in Matthew 3, starting in verse 13, if you want to follow along on the screen, on your message notes in a Bible, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Next week, we're going to continue reading from right there. We're going to talk about Jesus' temptation and our temptation. And that actually, uh, believing in Christ leads us into a battle that um, is, is not actually the battle many people think it is. And we'll see what it really is and how God equips us, how only God can equip us to fight it. But first, John baptized Jesus. And when Jesus steps out of the water, he steps into his ministry, his public ministry. This is the first step of a disciple. It's the first step of a follower of Jesus to step into the waters of baptism. When Jesus comes to John, everyone, everyone there at that moment knew the baptism as a sign of repentance. John baptized people as a sign that they had asked God to forgive their sins and had decided to uh, live the way God wanted them to live. And so John says, why am I baptizing you? It should be the other way around. In other words, what are you doing in my place? And what am I doing in yours? What are you doing down there submitting to the waters of God's judgment and repentance? What are you doing down there? Why are you in my place, Jesus, and I am in yours? And Jesus says it's proper for us to do this, for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus is saying, even here again in his baptism, that I am here as a substitute. What, church, what I've been teaching you last week, this week, is the doctrine of substitutionary atonement. That Jesus stands in our place, and he's the only atonement for our sin. And Jesus is saying, my main mission in life is not that only that I get baptized like you should, even though I don't need it, 
I've come not only to repent in your place, I've come to live in your place and fulfill all righteousness, all, all, all righteousness and die in your place so that you can stand in mine. God says, I'm going to take the curse so that you can have the blessing. Just as Jesus did not die for his own sins, he was not baptized for his own sins. Now, Jesus once said, I did not come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. And in the same way, Jesus did not come to abolish baptism, uh, but he came to give it a complete and full meaning. Baptism, when we get baptized, it symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Baptism symbolizes the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. We are submerged under the water to identify with Jesus uh, in, in his death and burial, raised up out of the water to identify with his resurrection, which gives us a brand new way of living. This is what baptism means for us. Now, as Jesus came up out of the water, uh, it's fully revealed who he really is. I mean, we see that he, he's part of the Trinity right here. Look at this in verse 17. And a voice from heaven said this. So he's been baptized, the heavens open, and Father God says this. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. When Jesus publicly obeyed the Father in baptism, the Father publicly affirmed him as his son. And notice again what it says. This is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Did you know that God, the Father, says the same things about you when you identify with Jesus through baptism? God says, you are my child. I love you. And I am well pleased. He says, I'm happy with you. That's how we, and that's not only how God sees us. That's how we are to see one another. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 17. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. What's he saying? That before we got to this point of understanding what Jesus is all about, we used to look at people as people through a worldly lens. They live there. They do this certain kind of thing. We see their strengths. We see their flaws. Uh, we see their relationships. We see their life. And that's just how we kind of regard people in a face-up kind of way. But everything's shifting now, and a really big change comes in verse 17 where it says, Therefore, if anyone is, say these two words with me, in Christ, because we don't regard Christ Jesus in that way anymore. We used to think he was just another guy walking the earth, but we've discovered that he has the power to change lives, the power to forgive sins. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. And I love that when Paul writes this, there's an exclamation to it, there's an exclamation point at the end of this, to say that anyone, any man, any woman, at any time, in any place, with any background, if they are in Christ, they are now a brand new creation and something powerful has changed in them. The old has gone away 
and the brand new them is being created in Christ Jesus. That's the power of the gospel. The, two, the key two words are in verse 17, in Christ. In Christ. If anyone is in Christ. The new creation comes when we get in a relationship with Christ, when we get in Christ. It's when our life and Christ are joined together. You don't get the new creation uh, just from the water. You get it by getting in Christ. You get saved in Christ. Your baptism represents that. We are in Christ, but then look at this further. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. A powerful thing happens for a baptized believer in Jesus Christ. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. So much significance here. Now, there are three significant things about baptism that we will look at today. What is baptism? If you're taking notes, write this in with me. Number one, baptism is a public statement of belonging to Jesus Christ. Now, it was certainly a public statement for Jesus. Two of the Gospels give accounts of Jesus' birth. All four of them give the accounts of his baptism. Jesus commanded all of his followers to be baptized. This is in the Great Commission. This is Jesus' last words to his disciples before he ascends into heaven. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So baptism, uh, it's, it's simply not an option for a follower of Jesus Christ to make this public statement. Jesus has commanded us to do it. And it's an outward symbol of an inward commitment. Now, almost 12 years ago, I stood on this stage in front of a bunch of people and made an outward expression of an inward commitment. And I said two words uh, that would forever change my life. And I am still learning the implication of those words. I stood right about here and said, I do. And boy, am I still learning the implications of those two words. I didn't know what all that would mean for my life. Today, even, I'm still learning the implications of what that would mean. But when you get in the water, because you are in Christ, you're saying, because that when I got in Christ, I am a new creation. No, it doesn't mean we won't stumble. It doesn't mean we uh, won't have breakthroughs. It doesn't mean we don't have more to learn about God and about what this means to follow him. It means our desires have changed. It means our defense for life has changed because now we are in Christ and Christ is in us. No one getting baptized says, I used to be a mess, but now I'm perfect. Look at me. No, the message is, friend, I'm standing before you today to tell you, I, I realized I could never be perfect, but Jesus fulfilled that for me. And by putting my faith in him, I've come to announce that my life is joined up with the perfect one and he is going to work in me to make me like him. 
Have you been baptized since you began trusting in Jesus Christ? Uh, and that's the order. Now, some people, for many various reasons, uh, get this order reversed. Maybe they get baptized before they became a believer. Now, in the Bible, people believed in Jesus, then they were baptized. Uh, let's just look at three examples in the book of Acts. There are several of them. Let's look at these three. In Acts 2, it says, those who believed what Peter said, Peter preaching the gospel, those who believed what he said were baptized. In Acts 8, it says, but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. When they believed, they were baptized, both men and women. Acts 18.8, many of the Corinthians who heard Paul, so Paul preached the gospel, they heard it, they believed, and were baptized. When people came to faith in Jesus Christ, they were baptized to publicly identify it. Now, maybe you have not been baptized. God's word would encourage you uh, to do that. Even if you've believed for a while, God's word would encourage you uh, to get baptized now. Maybe you've been baptized, but you don't feel your baptism reflects what we talked about today. Maybe it happenstance or so something happened where you got baptized uh, before you even understood what that meant or had given your life to Christ. It could be that you were sprinkled as an infant. And I would encourage you, God's word would encourage you to be baptized now that you've chosen to believe. Not to dishonor your parents' decision. They hoped that you would be a follower of Christ. That was more about their decision of, uh, of, of parenting you. They hoped that you would follow Christ. And if you've put your faith in him, be baptized. Now, why do we have this public statement of baptism? Because if you're taking notes, number two, baptism marks the beginning of a new life in Christ. Now, the message of someone's baptism is not, I was a really bad dad, a really bad mom, really bad person, and I'm coming forward to say, I'm going to try really hard to be a better person from this day forward. That's not the picture. Why did God give us the picture of baptism? Why is it important that we actually immerse, dunk people under the water, immerse them under the water, and bring them back up? Jesus got baptized under the water. He did not get into the river and uh, splash around. He got in the river and was immersed under it. That's actually what the word baptism means. It, I love teaching this. Baptism isn't even a translated word. That's the word. Baptism is the same word they would have used. It means to dip under the water. They would have used it in lots of different situations and scenarios. Like when you do laundry, you don't sprinkle water in it. You submerge, you immerse it in the water uh, to baptize the clothes. Every baptism in the Bible is by immersion. Now, even churches today that practice more convenient methods would not disagree with what I just taught you. All the founders of different denominations believe the same thing that I just taught you. Martin Luther, founder of the Lutheran Church. John Calvin, founder of Presbyterian and Reformed Churches. John Wesley, founder of the Methodist Church. Even the Catholic Encyclopedia. All of them agree that baptism is by immersion. It's just convenient to do it other ways, and the ordinance has gotten lost over time somehow, but we're going to do it the way it was done in the Bible. Now, why was Jesus baptized? It was a picture of what was coming. Jesus was dedicated by his parents at a young age. 
That decision was about them, their commitment to raise him. Now he's saying, uh, this is a choice I am making, and it's pointing to the ultimate choice I will be making, his death, burial, and resurrection. For us, it's a picture of what happens when we trust in Christ to be our Savior. So you put someone down, you quickly bring them back up. That when Jesus went down to the depths for my sin, I went down. When, but when he was raised, it's as though I am raised too. Romans 6, 2 through 4 explains this to us. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. This is the picture of something happening in the core of who we are. That when we put our faith in him, Though I had the sentence of death on my life, I was going to perish. God gave his son, and now I have eternal life. I now have the gift of life that will never, ever end. I was down, but now I'm alive. Baptism is a public statement of belonging to Jesus Christ. Baptism marks the beginning of a new life. And number three, baptism is a symbol of incorporation. In other words, my baptism says, now I'm a part of the body of Christ. I'm a member of the family of God. Your baptism says you are not only a believer, you are a belonger. You are not only a believer, you are a belonger. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, through 13 and 27 says, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles. Some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. In other words, uh, my baptism says I'm part of the global church, the forever church, the glorious family of Jesus Christ that's going to live on and on and on. And while it used to be all about me, Life used to be all about me. I'm coming to Ford to say it's all about we now. It, baptism's my initiation. It's my incorporation. It's my identification. My initiation, my incorporation, my identification. Now, if you've already been baptized, which is several of you, uh, Rockbrook has baptized 1,127 people in its 24-year history. Let me speak to you. Yeah, isn't that awesome? That's wonderful. So if you have been baptized at Rockbrook or you're baptized at, at another time in your life uh, at another church by immersion, let me just speak to you uh, for a moment. Our baptism and then seeing other people be baptized help us remember Remembrance is one of the keys to living in victory in Christ. Spiritually, we have short-term memory problems. God saves us. God pulls us through. God does something amazing for us. And how quickly we forget. God, where are you in my life? God, what are you doing? God, what are you up to? God, why won't you pull through for me? And this is why so much of Scripture says to remember. 
you have to look back and say, God, you have been faithful. So when we celebrate baptism, uh, we are remembering that when we put our faith in Jesus, the old life died and a whole new future began. And I can continue taking off the old and putting on the new because of the work and the power of Christ in my life. And when I remember my baptism, when I see baptism, I can celebrate that I am no longer alone. Galatians 3, 26 through 27 says, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. I can say Jesus is in my life. Jesus is in my relationships. He is in my purpose and plan. It used, to, it used to be that I did things my way. And now I do things our way. It used to be that I did things in my own strength. And now I can do it in a way of his strength in me. Now it's about him letting him lead my life. I used to lead my own life. Now Jesus leads my life. I used to make my decisions now I talk with my Lord, my Savior, to make decisions. It used to be about me getting what I wanted. Now it's about us getting the glory God deserves and pointing to him because he's the only one who brought me from death to life. I used to be an individual rolling through life, but now I'm walking with him. And I get to say, I don't have to walk alone anymore. Into every environment, every temptation, every trial, every dark night, every bright day, everywhere I go, I'm walking in the door with someone who rules heaven and earth. And the story is not, I'm with me, and this is about me. The story is, I am with God, and God is with me. And each day, I get to awake to the fact that while I was powerless and lifeless, Jesus made a way for me to be saved, and Jesus is making a way for me to live today. I am with Christ. Christ is with me. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. My life has changed, and it's not me anymore. I have been incorporated into something much bigger than me. And it's not just me and Christ that this happened to, I'm part of a bigger we, I'm a sister or brother in Christ, in the family of God, and there's no changing that. Baptism is the doorway to the church, the body of Christ, the family of God. Now, if you have not been baptized, let me speak to you for just a moment. We are doing baptisms next weekend in all four services. <clears throat> we would love for you to participate. Now, you may be thinking, uh, well, that's uh, too soon for me. But in the Bible, everyone, everyone in the Bible was baptized actually spontaneously. Uh, they didn't wait for the perfect day. They didn't wait for a special day. They didn't wait until they had crafted their testimony. They did not wait until um, they could plan it months in advance. They didn't wait until all their family could be there even. They said, I believe in Jesus. Now is the time. Let's do it. If you would like to be baptized, you can sign up on the communication card that we talked about uh, on the app or, or uh, the physical card that you have. Now, maybe you need more information or this has just sparked a lot of questions and you want to talk it out with someone. 
uh, I would encourage you to visit rockbrook.org connect baptism and see that we have frequently asked questions and, and verses and different things on there. There's also contact information for Pastor Kenny Baum. You can email him, call him. He would be happy to hear from you. If you've got a question we haven't answered or just want to talk this out with someone or pray with someone about it, we want to help you make a, a good decision. Now, um, what about one of the questions we have on there and answer is about kids getting baptized. And I would strongly recommend to any parent to partner with Rockbrook for Kids and take their child through the kids' baptism class that we offer. The, the class is offered for third through sixth graders, and it's a two-part class. The next one is offered May 2nd, and part two is on May 9th from 4 to 5 p.m. Parents love it. Kids love it. I hear all the time uh, just what a victory that that class is and how grateful people are for it. I wonder if you've settled this issue of believing in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And if you've never settled that issue of believing in Jesus Christ and being baptized, uh, let's just settle it right now, this weekend and next weekend. Would you pray with me, please? God, thank you for saving us. We believe you are who you say you are, and the scriptures we've read about you today, that Jesus is the Son of God, sent to earth to show how much you love us. We believe he died in our place on the cross and rose again. Would you just pray this in your heart and mind right now? Uh, say, I believe Jesus forgives all my sin. I believe the promise, God, that if I trust in you, if I trust in Christ, you will save me. And Jesus, I ask you to accept me into your family. Forgive my sin. I want to turn from my way to your way. I want to learn to, what it means to love you, to trust you. And I want to follow you in my life. And I want to follow you into baptism to say, I am not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I pray this humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, church, one more thing. If you've began trusting in Jesus Christ either this week or last week, or maybe you've re recommitted your life to him, you've come back to church, come back to God, I want to say congratulations and that you need to tell somebody. You need to let someone know. And you can let me know on the communication card just by checking. I began trusting Jesus or I'm recommitting my life to him. Uh, why should you tell someone? Uh, because you need people praying for you. And so I would love to personally pray for you, and I just want to send you a letter congratulating you as well. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.